Let's hear our scripture. This is Luke 17, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender, and if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Let's pray. Lord, your word is a kind of seed. Please plant it deeply in our hearts and may it grow and grow in us and grow our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our text this morning describes a situation of damage. Damage, I think, is the word that I would like to use for this. Damage in need of repair. Specifically, a kind of damage where some people who have been given responsibility have misused their responsibility. I think we live in a time of damage as well. Um, both, I would say, two kinds of damage. One damage is one that we really can't do much about. There's not a lot we can do about, you know, viruses mutating in bats, for instance. Uh, there's not a lot we can do, you know, about every hundred years, there's a pandemic. And there's just not a lot we can do about that. And that's the kind of world we live in. We live in a world where there is risk and where there can be damage, natural disaster, that kind of thing. But there's other kinds of damage too. There's damage that we impose, that we inflict, um, that we even inflict on purpose. You know, one of the most powerful people in the world, his, his sort of motto, motto or mantra is move fast and break things. And that's precisely what Facebook has done. It's moved very fast and broken many things. Now, he didn't intend to break up families. He didn't intend to damage democracy. He didn't intend to do all these things, but there's a lot of damage there. A lot of damage. And I think other people have this idea too that we need to just burn it all down to move forward. We need to damage things to move fast in the world and get things done. And so we have intentional damage and we have unintentional damage. Um, this one is in particular talking about damage to the innocent. Damage to people who, who are, are, are vulnerable. And it's hard, hard to read this text, especially in a church, and not think of all the damage that the church has done, especially the Catholic Church. 
And I know we might be very proud of the fact that we are not Catholic, but to most of the world, we're Christians and they're Christians and we're the church and they're the church. And so that's, that kind of damage affects us too. And that kind of culpability. And when you think about the kind of damage done to the young in the Catholic church, you think, yeah, a millstone hung around some of these priests necked and some of the bishops necks who covered it up. Sounds like a really good idea. And throw them into the sea. Jesus is angry about this. He's furious about the kind of damage going on. We should be too. But we shouldn't always be pointing fingers. We should be thinking about our own damage. The kind of damage that we're involved in. And what we can do about it. Now, what we do about it is also what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's not just naming the damage, which is crucial, it's critical, but he's also saying there needs to be repair. There needs to be repair. There needs to be people who who speak up and, and are honest about what happened and say that they were wrong. And then there needs to be, this is the toughest part, there needs to be forgiveness. There has to be forgiveness. Because we won't have repair unless there's forgiveness. Yes, we need to say what's wrong. Yes, we need to name the damage. But if we can't get to the point of forgiving, there will never be repair. So this is the situation that we're in. We're aware of the damage. We're learning about more damage. More damage is coming. But we're also in the situation of needing to repair and be a part of the repair of the world. And this is what Jesus is calling his disciples to do. And the disciples cry out in a way that I think is deeply human, which is to say, oh, we don't have near enough faith for this. We just can't. We're so tired. We've been damaged. How in the world are we supposed to have enough faith in order to be able to do all this forgiving, all this confessing, all these things. You're asking a lot of us, Jesus. I mean, you're, you're, you're basically breaking down how to heal the world in a few short sentences, and you're telling us to do this, and we just don't have enough faith. I mean, what, what do they say? They, they literally say, increase our faith. You know, there's something kind of like heartening these moments in the Bible when you really just identify with the person. And I I think we can identify with that feeling of just feeling poor in our faith, feeling like we just don't have it in us to do something like this. And so mainly this morning, we're gonna look at Jesus' response in light of that, in light of the way I think many of us feel, in light of the way many of us feel about damage, damage done to others, damage done to ourselves, the kind of damage in the world, and what it takes to repair, and the need to increase our faith. Um, Jesus gives us the image of a seed. And I have to say, for probably the last, um, man, probably since the summertime last year, I have had this image of the seed coming back to me over and over and over again. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, it pops into your mind and you think, wow, that's an interesting metaphor. And then you sort of leave it and then something else happens and it brings it back and you're just like, oh, okay, there's something to this. And then it just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. 
And it was to the point where I even, um, in the beginning of January, I sort of loosely was basing my sermons off the idea of seeds. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that to all of you. I wasn't like, seed number one. Um, but in my mind, I had this idea of seeds in all those sermons. So my very first sermon in January was, was about the seed of faith being, being um, the confession that Jesus is Lord. And then the next sermon, I talked about scripture as a kind of seed. And, and, I, and then like uh, last week, for instance, I, I talked about the, the, the seed of, um, uh, the, 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 seed of the, the banquet or the party and, and how that's sort of central to who we are as a church. And if we could slow down, we could be part of that party. And anyway, I've had this idea of seeds. And in fact, I'm going to talk about this in our annual meeting. In some ways, the sermon will flow into that. Um, but it all really came together for me in this picture that Jesus provides. He says, faith is like a seed. And if you have that kind of faith, then you can say to a mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea. And the mulberry tree will listen to you if you say that to them, to, to the mulberry tree. Interestingly, um, we have a similar story in Matthew and Mark. But I like Luke's because in Matthew and Mark, he says to a mountain, he says, if you have faith, the grain of the size of a mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. And a lot of commentaries are pretty sure he's talking about the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire was often referred to as a kind of mountain. And, and, and essentially he's saying we can overcome the Roman Empire as Christian with our, with our little faith seed. We can do that. But Luke doesn't use the mountain. He uses the tree, specifically the mulberry tree. And this has captured my imagination, not least because we're right next to mulberry. The mulberry's right there. So I've, I've been really taken with this. Um, so, but let me, let me sort of walk through this and, and talk a little bit about what I think it means, and then um, we'll get real practical in our annual meeting. Um, but, the, but the very first thing I think is important for all of us to realize is a little bit of what I told the kids, is that faith is more of a seed than it is a penny. Now, we, we often think of faith as um, something we need more of and that we possess. And, and there are times in the Bible when there's phrases like, increase my faith, or we want our faith to be more, you know, or it's something we possess, like, like, like change or money in our pocket or whatever. But Jesus is saying just the disciples longing for more faith. You know, it's not the faith they have. It's that they want more faith. Just that much faith is enough to make a tree be uprooted and planted in the sea. How much faith is that? Well, it's about, it's about this big, which also happens to be about the size of a seed. That's deeply encouraging to me. <laughs> just to be honest, I, I don't know about you guys, and I guess, you know, it's my job maybe to have more faith. I don't know. But there are times when my faith is about this big, you know, when my faith is just me wanting more faith. And Jesus says, that's plenty, more than enough. You can move trees with that faith. Oh, man, watch out mulberry trees. Mulberry trees will be running when you got faith that much. That's a whole lot of faith is what he's saying, which is, I think it's really encouraging, especially now. 
I mean, you know, most of you sailed through COVID like it was nothing, you know, just like on like a ski do and you're like, Haha, everything's great. But it wasn't that great for me. Uh, it was kind of rough. It was a rough experience and it was, you know, it was tricky in a lot of ways. And one of those ways was my faith. And, and it, so it's deeply encouraging to know that sometimes when, when my faith seems small, Jesus says, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Small faith is okay. Because it's not really about quantity of faith. It's about faith as a seed to become something, which we'll talk about in a second. But that, I just want that to be the first sort of encouraging word about what Jesus is saying. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of disqualify themselves from, from like Christianity or, or baptism or um, uh, church or whatever, because they're like, well, church folk, they're all filled up on faith. Look at them faithful, holy rollers. That's just not me. And, and, and Jesus is saying, no, 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 actually, you know, it might actually be better to have a community of people with faith this big because their faith are seeds and something can grow there. So don't disqualify yourself just because you think your faith is small. All right, so that's, that's the first thing um, that I think Jesus is talking about there. Um, uh, so now let's talk about this idea of faith as a seed as seed itself. Well, what are seeds and what do seeds do? Um, you know, the, the first thing to recognize about a seed is, uh, and I hope you've planted a seed. I hope you've done this at least like once in your life. Um, if you don't, spring's coming up, go for it. Just literally like, like find like an area where your grass doesn't grow, which is easy in Colorado. Um, scratch it, scratch the ground a little bit, stick a seed in there, and then just every day say, I'm gonna water that thing and see what happens. You know, hopefully it's not a noxious, invasive species. Hopefully it's something really good. Um, don't put bindweed in there, uh, but, uh, but, but give yourself the experience of planting a seed. And one of the most wonderful things about a seed is the amount of not work that's involved. Like there is a lot of work to prep. You know, it's a lot of work to get your soil right, it's all, especially if you're starting seeds inside. It really is a lot of work. But this sort of, there's such an anticlimactic moment of planting seeds. You know, you get this thing and, and if your hands are dirty, it game over. Um, I've planted a lot of seeds with Nathan. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if your hands are dirty, it's just done. So you gotta have clean hands, because usually seeds are so small, especially mustard seeds, they're black. And they, um, they can get stuck on your nails and, and they're just, you know, might as well be a fleck of dirt. Um, but if you, get, if you get it in there and then you cover it up, you're like, okay, all done. <laughs> you know? And like, nothing happens. You know, you, what do you have to do? What do you have to do after you plant it? What do you have to do? Well, you have to, yeah, you have to water, you have to do things like that. But mainly you have to wait. You have to wait. And I, and I think that is a good approach for all of us to think about our faith, is that if we think of faith not as money or a penny, but if, if we think of faith as a seed, maybe the first thing we should do with our faith, instead of being worried about the size of it, is, is to wait. Is to, is to wait. Maybe where you're at right now, you know, maybe COVID's done a number on you, I don't know. Um, but maybe this is a good opportunity for you to give your faith some good conditions to grow, and then to wait and see what grows. 
let, let God germinate something in you. Let God germinate your faith in some way. Instead of trying to, yeah, instead of trying to make your investing your faith and, you know, that, there's a whole other parable about that. It's a different sermon. But, but why not? Why not just give your faith some really good conditions and let it grow? And let it grow. I, I think of how often I'll talk to people and there's, there's a feeling of, of um, I just need more faith for this situation. And that's an okay feeling to have. And, and it might be that a little bit of waiting and a little bit of nourishing can be exactly what we need. So that's the first thing about faith. Um, G- Jesus loves talking about seeds. He loves it. You know, he, he loves this idea of burying the seed in the ground. Um, and, and that, that is, and he, he talks about all the different ways that seeds could fall to the ground and some of them are good and some of them bad. And so you could, you could spend a lot of time nourishing your own faith, just looking at the way Jesus talks about seeds and, and looking that up in some way. Um, but, but there's another aspect to this that we have to talk about as far as faith as seeds go. And it is this bizarre picture that I mentioned earlier of telling a mulberry tree to uproot itself and to go and plant itself into the sea. We have to think about that picture for a second. What that picture um, seems to be suggesting is thriving in chaos. So the sea is a powerful symbol of chaos for, um, for Jews. In, in Revelation, it says that one day the sea will be defeated. I don't have anything personal against the sea. I actually really like water. Um, but it's not, it's not because they're against water per se. It's, it's that they weren't sea people. That was the Phoenicians. Um, but Israel, they were land people. And if you don't have ways to navigate the sea, the sea is terrifying. And so anytime the word sea comes up uh, in scriptures, it's usually a, a, a symbol of chaos. It's usually a symbol of something terrifying. And, and he is saying that this mulberry tree can actually be planted and thrive in the midst of chaos. What a powerful image. Now, I don't think what he's saying here is that, you know, faith can make you okay while everyone else struggles in chaos. I think what he's saying is you can one day, if your faith grows, you can actually be a source of healing and life to all those who are struggling in the midst of damage, in the middle of chaos. You can be branches for people to hang on to. There's another picture of of the mustard seed of faith growing into a great tree where the birds come to roost and they, they live in its branches. Well, you can be a tree in the midst of damage where people can come and be safe and roost. It's hard not to think of the flood and and the dove that that gets sent out in the midst of the chaos of the flood and comes back with a branch as a symbol that, hey, things are turning around. You can be a symbol. If your faith grows, you can be a symbol that things are going to be okay as you thrive in the midst of chaos. And then you can also bear fruit um, as a tree, as the kids mentioned. You can bear fruit for the world in the midst of damage that helps repair. And one of those kinds of fruits is forgiveness. Forgiveness is not an act of the will. It is a fruit. 
It is something that comes as the life of God grows within us. So it is possible if it grows. It's fascinating to me. I mean, there's so much that's fascinating about the seed analogy, but one of the, one of the things that really interests me is that the fact that um, Jesus is, it's almost as though he's saying, if you had anything more than a seed, it would be bad. So it's not like, it's not like, well, you've got a seed and then, and then if you could have more than that, you could do even more. No, he says, if you have, a, if you have the faith the size of a seed, you can do anything you imagine. And, and ultimately the picture is just this, that, 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 that it's God, the one doing it. And that's the whole definition of faith is that it's not you. That was the disciples' fundamental issue, is they looked at all the damage and the repair, and they said, how can we do all this? And Jesus is saying, you can't. You just can't. But if you let the seed of faith grow in you, God can. God can. You know, a, a people as a seed is a very interesting image. It's a very provocative image. And the, and the picture I always... Honestly, I've been thinking about us as a, as a seed at Peak Community Church, but I want to give you a picture of a different community, um, and it's probably one of my favorites. It's a, it was a little, uh, little mountain village, um, not like resort mountain, I mean like hard living village in France uh, called Les Chambons. And this was, um, this was sort of a dormant seed of a community. They had been just hanging on, a lot of subsistence living, for hundreds of years, they descended from a people called the Huguenots. And the Huguenots were a highly persecuted Protestant group in France. Thousands and thousands of people slaughtered. A lot of people came to America because of the um, Huguenot persecution. This little community was from that, um, that historical group. And they were sort of lying dormant. You know, they were sort of in the ground lying dormant. They hadn't been sort of woken up yet. And sometimes this happens with seeds. Uh, that they are just dormant for a while until they're planted. And then right around World War II, uh, they had two things happen. One, they had a pastor come in who sort of like roused them a little bit. And then they had World War II. And um, 5,000 refugees came to this town of 500 people. So very, very small. 5,000 refugees came and they, like a tree, protected them all. Now, they, they didn't have, like, you know, they weren't spiritual superstars. Um, they, uh, they didn't have hardly any resources. Peasant, hard scrabble ground, um, and, and, and they weren't, like, highly educated. Um, but they, 3,000 of these were Jews, 5,000 refugees under their branches, eating their fruit, using their wood. And, and, and why did they do it? Because when, when someone asked them literally and said, why would you do this? They said, well, of course, that's what you do. Like it just made sense. It was part of who they were because of the seed of faith had grown in them. That's, a, that's an interesting example to me of what that's like, when ha what happens when a seed is a community. It's hard, again, it's hard for me not to think of Pete this way. Um, and and there's, a, there's a number of ways, you know, I mean, peak is small. And some people think uh, being small is like being poor, not having enough money or something like that. But what if we're small like a seed? You know, what if we're small because we're supposed to be small? 
What if we're small because there's something about us that's crucial for, 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 the, for the repair that needs to be done in the world? That's a possibility. Um, I also think of peak. Um, I, I can't help but think of us in the contrast of this small community right next to one of the busiest roads in Fort Collins that is called Mulberry. I mean, what, what could we tell that street to do? Could we tell that street to go somewhere and it would do it? Maybe we could. Maybe with the faith that we have, you say, well, we're not big enough to do that. Jesus says, no, 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 you're actually just the right size to do something like that. We could tell that street to do whatever we wanted. This isn't a sermon about peak, though. I will talk more about peak in our annual meeting, but really, this isn't a sermon about us, and it's really not a sermon about the disciples either. Ultimately, this is about Jesus, because Jesus is the one who became a seed. He became a seed of sheer hope, and he was bruised, and he was buried. You know that some seeds you have to nick before you put them in the ground. You have to actually wound the seed before you put it in the ground. Jesus was like that. And he is the one who came up from the ground and in his wounds, he made a tree of forgiveness. By his wounds, we are healed. Only Jesus is the hope of repair. And so it's in his name that we sing. It's in his name that we pray. It's in his name that we gather. And it's in his name that we believe. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, the opportunity to hear from your word, to have the eyes of our hearts opened and the ears of our hearts um, unstopped so that we can once again be nourished in our faith and to grow. Lord, I pray that you would um, help us to nourish the faith that you have given to us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.